Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on Monday the 12th of February. Michael Guerin joining you to talk about all things harness racing as it gets very serious in New South Wales over the next month. Inside the next four weeks, we're going to run a Chariots of Fire in Newcastle Mile, the preludes of the Miracle Mile, and of course the big one itself on March the 9th for a million dollars out at Club Nanangle. A man who will be hoping to be there for that night in the Miracle Mile, maybe in the New South Wales Derby, we'll discuss that in a second, and wasn't at Nanangle but his colours were on Saturday is champion trainer Mark Purden. He is back in New Zealand, but we've grabbed him via the phone. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Um, good morning to you, or good afternoon, actually, New Zealand time. Yeah, yeah. good afternoon, Mick, and good afternoon, listeners. Mate, we appreciate you coming on. We know that this is usually your nap time, so you work in the morning, you have your <laughs> half an hour nap in the afternoon at, at, at 12.30. Mate, so thank you for staying up. I hope we've, we're not affecting your daily pattern too much. Hey, no, let's talk about much. Saturday night, because you, you bought... A really good horse um, to Menangle in Don't Stop Dreaming. Now, J- young Jack Callaghan drove him because you're back in New Zealand preparing your team for the Harness Millions over there. Uh, Mark, he seemed to really relish it. And, and Jack, I thought, handled the occasion of wearing your colours uh, perfectly. It was an inch-perfect drive. It was, yes. Yeah, credit to Jack. He handled them just superbly and gave them uh, every possible chance and, and also uh, young Brooke Wilkins who took the horse from Melbourne to Sydney and she did a wonderful job with him as well and uh, kept me informed and, and she was right on the march. She did very, very well for, for the assignment. The week before he ran second to Leap to Fame in the Hunter Cup and you weren't initially going to go to Saturday's race but you were telling me it was a bit cooler last Monday when he went north from Melbourne to Sydney, and that was one of the reasons he, A, travelled well and gave your horse to play with last Saturday night. Yeah, well, the first real reason, Nick, was just the way he came through the Hunter Cup. You could just tell he was, he'd thrived with the race and had taken nothing out of him. And um, and then, of course, looking at the forecast with the, with the weather patterns and getting him on the, on the float on Monday morning... Um, and a cooler day when well, he travelled. He just travelled down great and, uh, and you know, didn't didn't turn a hair, really. So uh, I was just delighted with him when he arrived and and uh, she said he was just jumping out of his skin. So they were the two okay. main reasons. Well, he's raced three Saturday nights in a row and that's in two different states, obviously. What do you do now? Because you're qualified for the Chariots of Fire and therefore that's not till March the 2nd. But that's quite a significant gap between racing. Yes, for, for a cold or stallion now, yes, that is. So, look, we, we have the opportunity to race in a free-for-all on the, on the last when the last heat uh, is run for the chariot. So he could contest that and then go into the chariot. So I think that's probably the best plan. And being a stallion now, it's just, you know, he's going to need to be right on his mark for the chariots. It's going to be a really nice field. Let's talk about this uh, development and the way we race these young horses. Obviously, they used to turn four, as this horse is now, on August the 1st. So, for example, your former champion, Lazarus, by this stage of his career, had won a New Zealand Cup by 10 lengths. But these horses, to us, seem new and, like, still developing, but they're actually 
four and a half in the reel. So is it... Is it? Uh, do you train them any differently for this potential change in age and the fact that you can campaign them in a derby in December, or do you train them the same and they tell you what level they can get to? Uh, yeah, well, I think with the young ones now, you tend we, we tend to not put the pressure on them, you know, through through those winter months like we used to, because we used to have the young guns up in Alexandra Park. The um, you know, started in December. So we used to have to have them pretty forward, you know, before the winter and then uh, get them a little break through the winter and then have them back up. So we don't tend to do that, Mick. We tend to put more of the pressure on them now in the spring. So they, they come to hand a bit later. And, and I think, too, with the change of the, the racing programs, we don't expose them now. We don't generally travel them as much at two and three as what we used to under the old system. All right, this horse obviously is a very good horse. Where does he sit? Because leap to fame is the king, we know that. You have Akuta, who's injured and therefore sidelined. Do you see this horse and Merlin, who comes to Sydney in a week's time, as the two maybe potentially leading paces in the country in New Zealand, because copy that and Akuta are sidelined, or or do you think they still need to step up at all? Because I think the Hunter Cup surprised a lot of people just how far this horse has come. Yes, well, no, I don't really think so. I think it's always been the pattern, you know, your, your top young horse generally can, the top one can generally step out in the, the free for all ranks and, and acquit himself well, and I think... Uh, with Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin, both are top young horses and, and not much separates them. And, you know, we saw the other night Merlin just take on self-assured when only a small field, admittedly. But, uh, you know, um, Don't Stop Dreaming's first probably assignment in the big go was the 31st of August and he came out on top that night as well. So these two horses are going to go on to be our best two paces in the country, I'm sure. OK, that raises a question for our New South Wales listeners or, of course, the listeners around Australia on the app, and welcome into the show this morning. Who's the better one, in your opinion? Because Merlin's trained by your brother, Barry, and over the years, you and Barry have had some awfully good Donny Brooks with very good horses, but these two seem incredibly similarly matched, albeit with slightly different strengths. So who do you think's better out of Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin? Yeah, well, I think it's what's proved to be the case that separated us them through their three-year-old years being a draw and uh, you know, what Merlin's drawn bad, he hasn't been able to turn the ta- tables on Don't Stop Dreaming and, and vice versa and that's, you know, that's probably how competitive and how close they are Merlin, I would have thought Mark, would be almost an ideal horse for Menangle, he's probably a little bit quicker off the gate than Don't Stop Dreaming and being an art major, he seems to be one of those horses who loves to get up on the steel and travel, so I think he's going to be very competitive over here. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they both will be. But, but uh, as I say, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a nice field assembled on the night. And, uh, and you know, a lot of probably come down to the draw. If you race well over the next three weeks and don't stop dreaming wins or run second in a Chariots of Fire, is he ready to start in a Miracle Mile on March the 9th? Uh, yeah, I think... You know, we would go ahead and, and line him up. I think um, he's thrived with the racing he's had. He's, he's settled into Australia good, and, and uh, you know, the, the temperatures haven't been 
too tough on him, and uh, but he's, he seems to have handled the hot days well. So I think all going well. He's going to go into the chariots, and I know he'll go a great race for us. So uh, you know, if he, if he can run one or two in that, and he'll be keen to go for the Miracle Mile. He is part owned by the late Ian Dobson, of course, of Christian Cullen fame, who sadly passed away a couple of months ago. Ian's business has a slot in the Million Dollar Race by Grins in April. I presume all going well, Don't Stop Dreaming would be in that slot? Yes, he will. Yeah, we're just putting that together at the moment, but uh, yeah, that slot holder will go, go to him. All right, you have a horse coming to New South Wales that nobody here would have heard much about, a horse called We Walk By Faith. Um, he's coming for the New South Wales Derby. Tell us about what he's been up to and, and when we see him in Sydney. Yeah, well, he's, he's been late coming, uh, late developing. Um, he's, he's, we didn't think he was anything special and when, he, when he started off and... He sort of had a couple of trials, and on the second trial, I said to Nathan, look, he, he does feel quite a nice horse to me. You know, he's still got a way to go, but, you know, he has improved from where he's come from, and, and consequently, he's sort of gone on, and, and with, his, with his race starts and what have you, he's, he's got better and better. He, um, Chase had dream beat him uh, only a half a head, I think, in uh, the size stakes final. Uh, and, and um, yeah, I think he won his next one of... Uh, next race after that or might have won his next couple but uh, yeah he's a horse that's really stepped up and you know I think he'll, he'll race well in Sydney Okay so he'll come for the heats of the New South Wales Derby and then into the Derby you haven't been to Australia a lot in recent years um, for obvious for COVID reasons and restrictions and uh, you've taken time away from the game, you've reshaped the team you're now trained with your son Nathan being here the last couple of weeks having gone to Melton, has it re-whetted the appetite, not just for the racing, of course, and the uh, the adrenaline of the racing, but for the levels of money over here? Uh, has it has it rekindled that mark? Uh, probably a little bit. I think uh, it was nice to, to catch up with a lot of people, and, and you just you know you really uh, value that camaraderie that you have when you attend these carnivals, and uh, that that side of it's been really nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably coming to the end of the racing side a little bit, but um, still I, I enjoy the people and, uh, and having a good horse. You're listening to Mark Purden here on On The Pace, and Mark, a lot of our Australian listeners wouldn't know that not only, of course, are you a Hall of Fame trainer in New Zealand, but you've now got four gallopers in work. Um, what's it been like to going back to being one of the pack? Because you go to the harness and everybody fears you, but when you take your gallopers to work, the maidens, and you've got to muck around with everybody else, and and sometimes you've got twenty to one chances in a race. It must be an unusual experience to to go back to the the drawing board with horses. Yeah, it's probably just been a desire and, and something I've always wanted to do. So I've, I've never come into it and, and thought I was going to do anything special as a trainer, which is something uh, I wanted to test the waters and, and hopefully increase some success along the way. But uh, I've really enjoyed working with them and I've enjoyed the people. They've all been you know, very welcoming and, and uh, you know, always saying, you know, if I can help you out with one to work with or what have, have you, you know, I'm here, give me a call. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed the, the people around around the tracks and, uh, and and the jockeys I've had, using the jockeys I had, and uh, yeah, it's been good. 
Mate, we're looking forward to seeing how that progresses. Mate, thank you for joining us this morning uh, on On The Pace, Mark, and we're looking forward to seeing We Walk By Faith come over here and join Don't Stop Dreaming. So we'll, we'll let you go have that midday nap you enjoy so much. <laughs> Good, thanks, Mick. <laughs> That's Mark Purden calling in from New Zealand where he is prepping We Walk By Faith to come over here for the New South Wales Derby Market, or for the New South Wales Derby, which is on March the 9th. So March the 9th is the big dance coming out of Menangle, but they've put that carnival, which used to be about two or three weeks, into one week, and Chariots of Fire Night is on March the 2nd, um, and it'll be a proper race, really good race. And also that night of the heats of the Miracle Mile. One horse who will be in the Chariots of Fire is Captain's Knock, trained by Brad Hewitt. Good morning to you, Brad. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us, mate. Hi, Nick. No worries. Mate, he was good the other night, Captain's Knock. Um, he's, he's a tough bugger. You took him to Melton last week. He turned around and came all the way home and raced strongly again, as he did when you tried the same thing in spring. But um, look, I suppose Don't Stop Dreaming was probably just a length or two too good. Yeah, no, I had, had no excuses. I was a touch disappointed with my bikes, to be honest. I just yeah, thought he might have given a bit better, better kick than that. But, um, yeah, as you said, he went to Melbourne the week before and had to back up, but started the winner. But um, last year when done at Brady's Challenge time, he was a lot uh, better and sharper to start after. So, yeah, hoping there's a little bit of improvement there, but he's going to have to as well. What do you do with them next? Because I, I, I take it top three does qualify you for the chariot. So are you allowed to go around in another prelude? And if not, what do you do? Uh, no, I think it's yeah, top four. So none of them are allowed to go around in the um, yeah, the next qualifier, the Parface Adios. They're sort of exempt from that race. So um, yeah, whether or not we give him another start, on, on that night in the, yeah, like in the faster class race or just trialling. But, yeah, if he does one or the other, he'll definitely be yeah, having a start or, or a trial between now and then, just three weeks between runs. And, um, yeah, he's a lazy track worker and he just, yeah, thrives on a, on a bit of racing. It's uh, it's turning into a pretty serious chariots of fire with these horses, Grimo's horse who won at Melton and Merlin still to come. Uh, it's going to be a sub-150, Joe. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Like it's a ridiculous couple of four-year-olds. Um, yeah, even some of the horses that didn't make it through the other night, there was a couple of real good runs there. Um, and even Barry's other horse, sooner the better, he, he went super the other night, coming from the back of the field in a like 53 half. So, um, yeah, it shapes up as a really strong race again. What did you make of your trotter on... Uh, Saturday night, Majestic Trio. I get the feeling there's still improvement in her. I think she's still learning how it all works. But, look, it was a pretty good run in, in what turned out to be a nice enough race. Yeah, she, um, I was a tad disappointed with her, but, um, yeah, she's pulled up a bit crook um, after it. So, yeah, that can probably put that down to that. So, yeah, just try and get it back on top of things and, yeah, go around again. All right. Last week you took Typo to the Hunter Cup. I thought he was pretty good, Typo, and I think, again, he's getting better. Um, what's the plans for him? Is he a horse who might pop into to Newcastle for the mile there? Um, probably not, Nick. I'll, I'll more than likely put him in Menangle 
this week and then yeah, miss Newcastle. It's sort of four hours from from where we are here at Garland to Newcastle, so it's a big trip and yeah, just a bit far away. So I might just miss it and then go straight into the um, yeah, the sprint races for the Miracle Mile um, a fortnight after this Saturday. All right, mate, you mentioned Goulburn, um, the home track. You're heading there today. The first of uh, seven races there today goes at one thirty-seven. Your first drive for Corey Parker is Midnight Secret in the trot. What do you make of your chances in race two? Uh, yeah, we actually trialled him here on uh, Saturday, and he feels like he can go a bit, but he just yeah, wasn't steering the greatest. So, um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him, but... Um, he seems like he's got reasonable ability and, um, yeah, he shouldn't be too far away, I'd like to think. Uh, in the fourth on the card, you've got one uh, from your own team, Take a Hike. Look, it's only won one start from 34 races and you sort of think, well, it can't be much good. But, of course, a lot of those were in New Zealand where the lower-grade racing's a bit tougher. Uh, what chance would you give Take a Hike in race four today? Uh, yeah, it's definitely probably easiest assignment. So far, he um, he fractured at Paston uh, a bit over 12 months ago, and he's um, taken a while to sort of come to hand again. But um, yeah, it's probably the, his easiest race to date. So yeah, I'd like to think uh, he should be fighting out the finish as well. Okay, does he have any gate speed for the punters who are keen on the three dollars at the tab? Uh, yeah, he gets out. Yeah, reasonable without being lightning, but I think the one drawn to me outside, it's, yeah, it flies the gate, so it'll more than likely find the fence. I just yeah, don't know if we'll be able to get across in, like, in front of it or, or not, but, um, yeah, he, he should be in the first three or four regardless. Brad, you're having a steer on Ice Blaster uh, in the next on the card, or what's the sixth on the card. Has to be a chance to wait one two starts ago, but there's a couple of nice enough horses drawn inside you. Yeah, it's pretty handy found that one. Um, and yeah, he obviously hasn't drawn the best, but uh, he went pretty good here. I think I won on him a couple of starts ago, and they went pretty quick time. So yeah, if it's a reasonably run race again, then he shouldn't be too far away either. All right, you got three in the last. So you're going to need a bit of help, maybe an extra sulky to join the stable for a couple of minutes there. Race seven, you've got Emma's boy. Uh, He's Dusty, who I think is a really nice horse. I've always liked He's Dusty. And the Texas Ranger. What or who do you rate your best chance in race seven today? Uh, Yeah, probably Dusty. He's just a class horse out of three. But um, he just relies on a little bit of luck. He's sort of sit-sprint type, but... Um, yeah, he seems to have come back good. Had a bit of trouble with his feet and whatnot over the last 12 months, but everything seems good with him now. And um, he's had a couple of starts back now, and he's he's gone really good. So yeah, he shouldn't be he should be the hardest to beat, I'd say. The young Harry Ross seems to drive pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's been with us now for a couple of years, and yeah, just getting better and better each time they go around. So he's he's doing a good job. Mate, it's always good to uh, get your thoughts. Um, the team are one of the most followed in New South Wales by the punters. So, yep, looking forward to seeing how they go over the huge carnival over the next month or so. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Brad. And you get round safe this afternoon at Goulburn. Good evening, Brad Hewitt, one of the best in the game, has an outstanding strike rate. And I, I think he's dusty can win today. 
Uh, it's $3, tab.com.au, so $3 for it. And the other horse Brad was mentioning to us, uh, he gave a chance to, was in the fourth on the card, or was one of his better chances, take a hike. Just get the odds for take a hike and race four. That's also $3. So a couple of $3 chances there. Uh, also heading to Goulburn today is Robbie Morris. We'll talk about his drives on Saturday night shortly, but just getting to this afternoon to try and find us a winner. Morning to you, Robbie. How are you, bro? Morning, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's good to talk to you. Um, we'll get through these pretty quickly. Race one, first at one thirty-seven. Shoulda be a barker of base. I must admit, I haven't seen much of it. Uh, it has won a race, and look, it's coming up from Victoria. What do you make of it? That makes two of us. I haven't seen a hell of a lot of it either. I, I didn't. Josh drove it at the trials and said it didn't give him a bad feel in a, in a slowly run standard start trial. But um, yeah, I think always had a little bit of time for it. The the trainer and Andrew and, and his mum and they sent it down to Melbourne. I think because it was Vic Fred to get its bonus. So um, yeah, look, it's first up, but it did run a good quarter at the trials the other day. But it was off not a lot early. So you know, it's, it's a and a pretty even race across the board. Um, so, yeah, it's probably not without a chance. All right. One for the family stable with your wife, Kerry ann in race five is Dance by the Seaside. And, look, one last time out. It's it's not a super strong field. It, it went 158 at Newcastle. It's probably got a little bit more to come. It's only had the five starts. And I think the uh, the Down by the Seaside, that's the name of the stallion, I think the Down by the Seasides are starting to win a few people over. Yeah, look, he, he, we, probably, I had a, we had a fair bit of time for him as a two-year-old, and he he, um, he actually got colic real bad and had to have surgery, and it sort of went a bit pear-shaped for his two-year-old season. But his first up run was a bit plain, but then his next run was really good winning at Newcastle, and he's got the handy draw today, so hopefully we can take advantage of that. But... I think with a good trip along the fence, a bit of cover, he'll um, he'll run a race. He's getting better all the time. All right, on to um, the last on the card. You're on GFC. So GFC, um, it's a horse who, who actually a long, long time ago uh, looked like it was going to be a decent type of horse, and we haven't seen a lot of it since. So what's the talk out of the Towers camp for GFC? He'll probably need the run today. I think he's first up for quite a bit. He sort of... He's probably promised the world and, and delivered in patches. Um, but, you know, he, he does. He's won a couple of races at Goulburn racing, you know, running pretty good time. But being first up, we'll probably just have to drive him for one run today, I presume. And, um, look, he, he won't be out of it, but I think he'll be benefit for the run. Mate, you had horses, good horses, racing at a couple of different tracks uh, over the weekend. And one of those races or one of those tracks was Cranbourne. You took uh, Kanina Prov Lima, who... I think he's just done a super job for the stable and, and really bounced back as an open-class force. It went to the Cranbourne Cup, as did Pete's said so. And look, I, I suppose they can go as good as they can and sometimes if they get the right run, they can get in the money. But I also suppose when you're going to the races against Leap to Fame, you're probably not expecting to win most weeks. Yeah, that's right. We probably went there with the <clears throat> idea that if we could sort of get to the fence and get good spots and hopefully hold on to the skin of our teeth and run second and third to win. But they probably just ended up having to do too much early. Um, and probably, you know, I think they said it was the fastest lead time ever at Cranbourne. They broke the track record. And I think they said so. I think he got a bit tired late but ran six but never got beaten far. And 
Canina Problemas just got the last probably 100. They got him for second and he ran fourth. I thought both horses held their heads above water really good and um, they're home now and getting ready for the Miracle Mile Carnival slash, um, well, they used to call it the Bohemia Crystal now, but I, I think it's called the Light Horseman or something now. So we'll aim for them two sort of races and we'll aim for the Miracle Mile first and I'm sure they'll hold their heads high and then sort of if they don't get there, they can go into the other free-for-all race. Also on Saturday, you guys won with Last Tango in Heaven. Um, the first race at Menangle was actually it was a year anniversary from the first time he went to Menangle, so he races well this time of year. He's a funny horse, isn't he? Like a lot of the stock of Rock and Roll Heaven, um, he can be a little bit hot and cold, but I think the best version of him is probably going to go close to a 150. I know he's gone 150.4. <laughs> on the right night with the right tailwind down the straight at Menangle, he could probably break 150. Yeah, I think he can. He's getting a lot better now, too. He sort of, when he come, obviously you touched on it a, a year ago, it was in the dead middle of summer, and he, he just didn't handle it. It was, just got way too much for him. And he he raced patchy. I think he won one and then was off. And then, you know, and then luckily, you know, we gave him a good spell and sort of just gave him four or five months off to to really just get back to basics and find his feet. And, and this prep, he's been really consistent the whole way through, which has been great. He's handled the summer conditions by far better now. And um, i got a lot of time for him. He's a little bit quirky, being a heaven, but um, I think he's only going to keep getting better as he as he finds his way through the 95 grade and then into the free-for-all ranks. Must be quite satisfying. You had the Cronulla in the second on the card on Saturday night, but an older horse like Sir Richard Lee, he's... He's turned up at Tamworth for the Golden Guitar, and he's, he's gone to Newey, as most of yours do at some stage. And Look, he's just trucked around. And when those horses like him beat what might even be a better horse in your stable and hands-on, it must be very satisfying for them to have their Saturday night in the sun. Yeah, it is. You know, Obviously, you know, Sir Richard Lee's been a bit of a well-travelled man, and um, his owner, Jake Mitchell, and his wife, they moved out towards Mudgee Way and they elected to leave him in Sydney, which is always hard to do when you've got a horse that's probably the best horse Jake's, Jake's trained and um, he's left him with us and he's he's really found his feet. Early days, I didn't think he was going to handle Menangle. Sometimes he's a lovely old horse, Richie, but sometimes his, his lack of will can hurt a little bit and the Menangle 49 and 50 miles can get a bit much, but just dropping him in and out of the grade and letting him find his feet even Josh said on Saturday night, he's actually starting to travel throughout the whole mile now instead of being patchy and thinking about it a little bit. He can believe that he can do it a bit more now. And um, we saw that on Saturday night. They ran a really good clip and he'd come down the outside and got a really good mile on next to his card. And he thoroughly deserves it because he ran second in the golden guitar and he's earned good money for him. So it was, um, it was really good to see him win. One of our favourites on our, our Finding Winners segment on Friday mornings, because we tipped it a whole bunch of times about two years ago and she kept on winning, is the monkey, Funky Monkey. Look, she went awfully close the other night and she seems to be a happier horse. I thought she went for a stage last year where she got a bit lost and her legs were going a bit too fast for her brain. But she almost seems like a lot of horses who race at Menangle, once they get into that weekly cycle, they almost seem to understand what's going on a bit better. Yeah, she's found a good rhythm at the moment, both on and off the track. She's she's by far a more settled and genuine mare. Um, I've got to say, 
sometimes I think she she early days she ran on a bit of adrenaline and and it, that's that great speed. Now she's as she's got a bit older and a little bit wiser. I think sometimes she's better off chasing than she is out in front leading. Um, but you know, take nothing away the, the you know we've got only twenty seven in a piece and Constantinople runner down. So you know, fair is fair, but. I do think as she's getting a bit older, she is a little bit better driven with a sit. Um, back in the day, I never really had that option because she wouldn't allow it. So, look, she's more seasoned there. And like I said to her ownership group on Saturday night, if she turns up to Menangle every Saturday night with the prize money they race for and she runs first three, she's just going to keep earning money. All right. Uh, before we let you go, mate, there's a horse of yours racing tomorrow, and I'm not saying it's going to win but I think it's a sneaky. So we won't tell the listeners. We'll keep this between you and me so no one else is listening. What do we make of military merit in race one? Because I think he's a trotter who at some stage is going to do a job. So this is race one at Menangle tomorrow. It's quite a tricky field for a young horse, but just between you and me, should we be sticking with military merit? Watch him very closely. I think you're on the money there. In tomorrow's race is hard. It's a stand. He's racing all Okay, our apologies here. We had a slight technical issue with Robbie Morris. The good news is we were not going to tell the listeners about military merit, but of course we managed to sneak that into the show just before we finished at 11 o'clock. So thanks to, to Sky Sport Radio for giving us the extra time. And yes, military merit, one to follow heading forward. Goldburn this afternoon, Menangle tomorrow, and the carnival rolls on with lots of great racing over the next couple of weeks, including Leap to Fame heading to Newcastle. Hey, thanks for listening to On The Pace this morning. Hope you have a super day in Sydney. I'm about to jump in the Uber and get out to the sales and have a bit more fun out there today. The next On The Pace, we'll be back with you and Brittany Graham at 10.30 on Wednesday morning.